Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs, with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show. Today's featured guest is Ashley Krumpel. Ashley, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Ashley is the founder and CEO of SOPAC. She's a master marketer and has worked with numerous of top entrepreneurs and brands in the industry. She believes that every business owner should make their own success story. Ashley, tell us a bit more about yourself and fill in any blanks. Well, um, thank you for the wonderful intro. That's very kind. I uh, actually call myself an accidental entrepreneur because it was finally when I stopped trying to fit in and started being myself that I really was able to kind of grow a personal brand that led into a business. And so now I'm able to help other people find their true passions and then be able to leverage different social networks to be able to um, grow their businesses and be able to build a company based off of their passions. And it's amazing. I love it. So tell me, you mentioned accidental entrepreneur. Uh, give me some more context. Well, um, a little over a year ago, I had just joined LinkedIn. Uh, I have a little bit of an untraditional background, meaning that you know my parents were divorced. I kind of got shuffled around. I moved away for college, and I went to Arizona State, where I majored in mixology for a little bit too long and ended up uh, taking a little break. So I, I restarted school after I'd had my first child and continued over five years until I graduated. And I had two more children during that time period. And I really put my heart and soul into kind of building up this LinkedIn profile after I was finally ready to enter into the corporate world I had been working so long on, um, you know, preparing for. And to my surprise, I couldn't even get an interview. And I really don't have a lot of problems kind of creating those conversations with people. And so what I did was I, I ended up taking a little break from LinkedIn right around Christmas time. And then when I came back, I really dove in headstrong into what I called personal branding at the time. And what I wanted to do was I really wanted to get out into the Minneapolis area and meet anybody and everybody who worked somewhere that I wanted to work and find out more about that context. And I blogged about it direct on LinkedIn as it happened, kind of. And what happened was I grew my, my audience from 600 to over 3,000 completely organically in just six weeks. And I had an inbox just full of messages from people from all over the world and a lot of people asking, you know, how I got these meetings, what did I say, how did this happen, and how can they do something similar? And so I, I kind of took a step back and I realized, wait a minute, you know, I've got something here. So I kind of just rolled with it and you know, put a little strategy obviously behind it. And I launched it. And the first time I pitched my company as the business owner, I was at the women's expo in Minneapolis here. And I talked to 13 small business owners. Eight of them wanted to hire me right off the bat. Two of them wanted to know what I charged right there. And I'm like, well, I think that this is a pretty good idea. Let's roll with this. So, I love that. Yeah. Uh, SOPAC has been around for uh, less than a year. So tell me, uh, being an entrepreneur for a year, how has that been for you before having that corporate background? Tell me about that. Uh, well, you know, it's definitely a struggle and it's a, it's a new road and you really learn a lot about yourself, but I couldn't be happier. I really could not be more excited about being able to do what I love to do 
and have my market and you know my ideal consumer crave that and and feed off of it and the impact that I'm able to leave on others to just shine a little bit of a new perspective kind of gives me a little bit of purpose in life. So, I mean, I feel like I I finally found what I was always meant to do, but I never knew what it really was. So tell me, starting your own business, uh, what was uh, some of the most challenging things you had to face? Um, were there a lot of hardships, struggles in the beginning stages um, of starting that business? Tell me about that. Well, well, I don't know if those hardships and struggles have quite passed quite yet. I mean, every cent that I get goes right back into that company. So it's, it's definitely a struggle. And I've been on kind of this bootstrapping path the entire way. And it's taken a lot of dedication and a lot of energy and, you know, opting to have a ramen noodle style budget, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. So I wouldn't change it, but, um, it's, it's not easy. It's a choice. And, you know, it's, it's something that I can see the bigger picture and the purpose of. So I, it doesn't really affect me or I can, you know, come up with strategic ways to make that dollar last a couple extra days. So, so tell me about some of the biggest lessons you've learned now that you've been an entrepreneur for a while. There's a lot of information out there, blog posts, the podcasts that tell about, uh, oh, it's a great thing to be an entrepreneur, but there's, <laughs> n- but there's not enough talk about the hardships, the challenges. Um, and I know it's a really hard. So Ashley, what have been some of the biggest lessons for you personally that you've kind of debunked in a way? Oh, you're so right on. I mean, that's part of the reason that I really started using Snapchat quite a bit. And I follow my journey and I share my struggles because you're right. People don't share it. They like to show it afterwards and say, Ooh, look, la, la, la. Look, I'm so amazing. Look at my amazing company. And they're like, Whoa, they did that overnight. But what they don't realize is how many times that they heard the word no and how many times, I mean, in my case, when I first started, I was laughed out of a couple of VC offices. And now today they're calling me inbound. So it's, it's dedication and it's perseverance and it's patience that shows that you have the actual ability to kind of see this through. And it comes on all different levels. It comes from your, uh, you know, your market and whether or not you're hitting them right. It comes from your internal family and your closest family members that you interact with daily that see this and want to tell you, you know, if you should change or something. And, you know, half the time. I mean, in my family, at least, they don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> they think I'm playing on the computer all day. And then there's the whole other world of, you know, especially if you're going for funding or anything like that to um, to grow and scale, you know, you have to be able to translate it into a business format that shows a strategic monetization level. And then you have to readjust it again to sell it to your market. So it, it, it's not easy. And there's a lot of people that are, making it sound easy and there's a lot of people that are really just selling other people's stuff they're not even really doing anything are some days uh, when you feel that maybe it's not worth it maybe it's uh, it's too hard maybe i should go back get a job uh, do you ever feel that way or are you most certain you can pull this off uh no i i i'm most certain well whether i pull this off or not i've got options and i can pivot and you know, the fact that, that I'm trying to build this, you know, tech startup may or may not happen, but I have a huge following and a huge ability to run just a social media agency. So I got a backup plan, but I mean, I couldn't, I don't think I could ever just go out and get a job and work for somebody else again. <laughs> I was kind of born this way though. You know, I'm, I was 
selling my clothes on Facebook in college when you still needed a .edu address. You know, I just, I have that kind of natural ability and it's, it's great to be able to put it into a productive manner, but I don't, I don't know if I could ever work for anybody else. Again. So actually known that you're a CEO and the founder of a successful company, tell me what is something that is really working for you today? Being authentic and being real and, and not being afraid of what other people think of me because showing up is half of the struggle and half of the battle. And then standing by your beliefs and your values is another challenge all on its own, especially for women and young women, you know, like me who are trying to go after some of these C-level execs. Um, you know, you walk in with confidence and, and you, you got to show that you really just don't care and state your purpose, state your value and, and provide, you know, value back. And even when I disagree with people, it's amazing to see how many of them come back around or how many of them, you know, somebody will call me later on and say, you know, I haven't stopped thinking about that. And, and now to see people, you know, coming back around and recommending me, it's just, it's great. I love it. And I think that not being afraid is probably one of the key things. Well, there's a lot of talk about being transparent in your business and not just showing your successes as well as failures. And I think Gary Vaynerchuk uh, does it really well. Actually, do you have some of the tips, uh, some tips for the audience to be authentic and real in your life and in business? Yeah, you know, and this is one that I've kind of been telling a lot of my clients lately too that are on LinkedIn. And I think that it seems to be common practice that when you're cruising through LinkedIn and you see a, a statement or comment or a post by somebody that is in your network and they just sound completely you know, out of base and, and wrong nine times out of 10, we just pass right over it because we don't want to, you know, take that chance of potentially maybe ruining our reputation, which in fact, I think is actually not doing you any benefit because if you were to actually provide a valuable comment that had some, you know, validity to it and stand by your point and maybe prove that person wrong, maybe you won't do business with him and maybe you won't do business with a few of his people on his network, but in the end game, you're saving yourself a headache and the people who see it, who sympathize with it are going to immediately have that emotional connection to you of support and then landing them as a client. Well, you've got two, three times as of a likely odd that they're going to share it with their network, which is most likely a, a, you know, your target market as well. So, in fact, you're actually ruining your opportunities to grow inbound leads coming into you because they already like you, just based on the fact that you're too afraid that people won't like you. Well, I say, you know, more power to you. There's a million and one people in this world. You don't have to like me. But there are other people who do, and, you know, there are people who may not like you, and that's okay. It just, it's okay. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Mark Manson. Um, Mark Manson was the guy who uh, was on our show just a few months ago. Handy wrote a book uh, by by name, A Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Um, so actually, <laughs> yeah. is that in a way yeah. that's philosophy in your life that not caring about what people um, think about you um, and doing your thing no matter what? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do. And I, I respect people though. And I, I always respect... Anybody that has a belief or a value in what they're doing, I don't care if they're eating paint chips. If you got a purpose for it, good for you. Eat away. I don't, as long as it's got meaning to them personally. But, I mean, 
no, I, I don't care what people think of me, and it's, it's gotten me very far, actually. So, <laughs> so you mentioned before that you, you were starting a business uh, some time ago, and your family members kind of noticed you being on your computer awful a lot. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs who tend to say that their family members aren't sure what are they doing <laughs> during the day. Yeah. So tell me, uh, how important is the support of the people around you? Well, you know, I'd like to say not important at all. But in reality, especially for my position, you know, I have three small children and my mom often will babysit and help when I have events go on. So I need her to be positive and be there to help me, which which makes it difficult sometimes because she doesn't understand social media in the first place. She probably never will. But just being, you know, courteous to their feelings and, and recognizing that, you know, they do have validity Um but then, you know, keeping them out of the game and out of the details. They don't really need drama, right? So. <laughs> I like that. So are you having a hard time balancing at work and life? Because you haven't been an entrepreneur for that long. And uh, it might be challenging in the beginning. And it's still challenging for a lot of entrepreneurs who have been in the game for decades. So tell me how challenging is that for you? Uh, waking up early, going to bed, uh, tired. Tell me about that. It's complete. It's, you know, it's amazing how different my life and my views are about work compared to four years ago when I was serving three nights a week, dreading going to work for three hours. I mean, I work 18 hour days and I couldn't be happier about it. I, I do get tired. I do get worn out, but I love what I do and I'm obsessed. So actually finding time to schedule myself to take time off has become something important to me and to realize sometimes you know, you're getting in too deep and you need to step back so you can keep seeing that bigger picture. Um, it, it's definitely a struggle and a challenge, but it's never one I thought I would have. I never thought I would be so addicted to my work. Do you have any practical tips for people in the audience to get more stuff done in less time? Yes, I absolutely do. Um, a calendar and some sort of tracking app, I think. I've been using Trello a lot. So it helps me keep track of the tasks that I have ahead of me and also be able to function and keep them digitally. And then I also try to plan my day the day before. And then I don't accept any, you know, same day phone calls or interactions or interruptions. And I actually hope, you know, as I kind of grow through this process of going from, you know, small business entrepreneur success to actually scaling into a, a full-fledged business, I'd really like to be able to take advantage of a lot of these outsourcing options and, you know, personal assistance and be able to use those as leverage and continue on this lean strategy and then, you know, just outsource my entire life so I can go live on an island for four months. <laughs> So the end goal is kind of to retire and uh, be done with it, or uh, it was an interesting, oh, no, no, interesting no, thought. No, 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 no. The end goal is the four-hour work week. <laughs> have, you, have you read that book? The of course I have. Week. Yeah, that that's the end goal. But no, I'm in I'm in this for life. I can, I absolutely love what I do. Um, my company is built off of principle and purpose, and you know I see this going and and not even becoming actually you know full fledged to fruition for. 15, 20 years. So, I mean, no, I'm in it for the long game. I would just like to be able to, you know, disperse some of these <laughs> some of these responsibilities. Yeah, we got to get Tim first on the show. Everybody seems to like him awful a lot. Uh, God, he wrote that book longest time ago. And uh, we always, I always uh, laughed at no way he works four hours. No way. He's a crazy dude. 
So uh, I, it's amazing. I don't know why I didn't read that one, you know, at the beginning of the year. I've probably read 25 books this year. I'm like, how come I'm just reading this now? <laughs> so, Ashley, you were in the show uh, with Jason Slater and you talked about Snapchat and keys to successful Snapchatting. Uh, you push a lot uh, on Snapchat, being transparent, putting out, putting out a lot of content. Tell me some of the key strategies you've learned throughout the years. Um, well, with Snapchat, really what it is is being there and being consistent for the right people at the right time. And so by sharing a lot of my growth, my strategies, my struggles on Snapchat, I was able to grow a pretty engaged audience. And the thing that I like the most about Snapchat is that when you're interacting and engaging with others, these are relationships that don't just stay through Snapchat. I mean, these are relationships that have moved into LinkedIn, into Facebook, into phone calls, into outsourced work, into employee relationships. So I've absolutely built my business practically off of the foundation that I made on Snapchat. And I made the first ever Snapchat movie um, in just under a week. As a matter of fact, I had uh, all your favorite social influencers from 30 different countries across the world take over my channel all during one day to give a real time, real life view of where they were at in the world. And at the end of this, you're essentially left with a firsthand trip in real time from the palm of your hand around the world. It's amazing. And I've held on to those relationships and, um, you know, I'm excited to be able to partner with a lot of those same people in the growth of my business. So it's, there's no other way to access people like Snapchat. Okay. I got on cause of Gary V two weeks later, I was snapping with Chris Saka, the founder. I mean, granted it wasn't a productive conversation, but I had an open line of communication and I just realized that to reach people and to be real on their level, on their time. Snapchat was where it was at. Yeah, Snapchat has so many possibilities. And I'm thinking about John Lee Dumas right now. Um, um, he's a host of Entrepreneur on Fire. And he puts out uh, one piece of content every day on Snapchat. And he's been doing it for years. Um, so tell me, Ashley, what are some things you see people doing wrong? Uh, something you notice right off the bat with Snapchat? Um, I think people aren't putting any time or energy in to actually, for one, promote their Snapchat through their other social media channels and kind of drive viewers in. Or second, they're not giving it a lot of time to even consume other people's content to be able to provide value, you know, kind of in a realistic approach. I think that some people, you know, don't get it, so they don't give it any time or effort. But if you actually kind of look at the platform and some of the tools and resources that are available I was able to do so much prospecting through Snapchat that, I mean, it was so valuable. And I think that people just, they're not consistent and they're not engaging. They're just watching on the sidelines instead of actually engaging and putting themselves in front of that camera. Ashley, it's been a pleasure having you in the show. Before we wrap up, I want to talk about happiness. So what brings you joy and really makes you happiness life, Ashley? Uh, you know, it's such a great question. And it's really actually dear to my heart because... I feel like happiness is a choice. It's a state of mind. It's a perspective. And you're able to create your own happiness by being happy with yourself. And, you know, maybe it's because I had a, a mother who was absolutely the most pessimistic person in the world. But I just I feel like there's always a solution. There's always another way. And the sun will always shine tomorrow. 
So if you can just keep that at heart, you truly can lead your, lead, lead your life happy regardless if you're rich or poor. Thank you for that. Let's end today's show with a parting piece of guidance from you. And uh, could you share the best way people in the audience could connect with you as well? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on any social platform under Ask Ashley K. Because she'll get the conversation started. And I'm also uh, just getting ready here to launch snapatwork.com, which will be your one-stop shop for all your Snapchat for business needs. So find me all over those. And a key for happiness is, you know, anytime I come into a problem or a, a conflict, I ask myself, how much is this problem going to affect my life in five years? And if the answer is not at all, I really just don't care what happens. I let the other person win. I let them think they win. I, I just I do whatever is easiest to get to the next stage. And it's really made my life more simple. So let it go. Let those little things go. And just focus on the end game. You'll stay happy. Ashley, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure, Simon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.